This is the fourth installment of powerful prayers. Hallelujah. Yes. So the first uh, sermon, Pastor Mike, he was teaching us about powerful declaration prayers. And then he taught us about the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And then he talked to, talked to us about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And today we have the Lord's Prayer. And so I'm going to ask you one more time because we're, you know, I'm an oldie, but a goodie. Well, I'm not that old, but you know, to you young people, yeah, she's kind of old, but that's okay. I want you to stand because we're going to do this old school style. We're going to read the word. Now it's time that we bring back that reverencing of God's word. He's holy. And so when he speaks, we stand at attention. We say yes and amen. We believe it and that's it. And so let's all stand. So we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. And this is just a short prayer. All of you probably have it uh, 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 for memory, uh, but we're going to read it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So when one of Jesus's disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, I mean, can you imagine sitting in a place where Jesus was actually praying and you could hear him and the words and the, the, the things that he, how he would say it, the anointing, the presence of God in him. I can't even imagine that. You know, I love to hear other pastors. I want to listen to how they pray, how they articulate, how they speak in tongues, because I learn so much from people that pray. And so Jesus, the the disciples went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, there's one thing. Can you teach us how to pray? And Jesus responded by giving us this short prayer that perfectly summarizes what Christians believe and how Christians should live. You know, when I was in VBS, so let me break that down for some of you that may not know what VBS is as a child, vacation Bible school. And so we've got Mallory, she, her and Pastor Nat, they did a vacation Bible school this summer. Yes. And we had so many kids that, that, came into V1 and they were taught the word. They got a little lunch and you know, little kids, they don't forget these things. We, we wanted to show them the love of the father, how much Jesus loves them. And so they learned so much. And so as a child, I remember going into the Nazarene church and I did this plaque and they shellacked it and it was the Lord's prayer. Now I didn't understand exactly everything in the Lord's prayer at that time, but I knew that there was something about that Lord, about the Lord's prayer. And so 
our Father. So we're going to start out in the Lord's Prayer by saying, this is what Jesus taught them. Our Father who art in heaven. The Greek word for Father is Abba. Say it, Abba. So we can say Abba, Father, Papa, yes. So our Father... So when we all collectively say that word, Christians worldwide are united into one family of worshipers as we pray to our Father. We're saying he's the creator. It started with him and it ends with him. He made us. I would definitely love for you to read Psalms 139 and Psalms 103. You can learn a lot about who your Father is in the Word of God, especially those passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our Father is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a covenant God. He is a God filled with promises. And did you ever notice when you get to different passages in the Bible, there you'll see the genealogy? And it just takes us forever. This one begat this one, and this one begat this one. And there's so many names. It's because God is a God of covenant. He's a God of promises. And he sees you. He sees your mama, your daddy, your cousin, your distant cousin, your aunt, your uncles. I mean, he knows all of your family. And he's wanting to bring all of our families in to the place where we receive his son. He loves us that much. We have a heavenly father that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. In God, we trust. And let me tell you, our father, he has this unconditional love. If you mess up, if you get it right, he's still going to love you no matter what. He never sleeps. He never takes a day off. He knows what you're going to, what you're thinking even before you think it. When you sit up and when you sit down, he knows everything, every move that you're making. He was even there when your mother and father was doing the mm-mm. He was, he was intricately making you to whom you have been called to be. So you are no accident. God was there. He was working. He was forming you in those, in the intricate place. He was forming you. Can I get an amen? Some of you have never known the love of a father. I remember way back in West Virginia, my grandmother lived in the holler and she would take us to church. She drove like a crazy woman in a stick shift. And I'm like, Lord, I'm kind of scared. And she would go way up in the mountain with this stick shift. But, you know, God had his angels released, keeping us safe. But I remember going into the church. There was an outhouse in the back. Some of y'all just don't know. But, yes, we are hillbillies, but we're mountaineers. And, and so if I had to go to the bathroom, I had to go to an outhouse. But I remember in that church, I remember the Holy Spirit was welcome there. And waiting back home for me in Indiana was a stepfather that had 
beat my mom. She had to be rushed to the hospital. This was even before I was five years old. And I remember she went to the bathroom and she turned the light on. And at four and five, I said, mom, I said, why are you crying? What's going, what, what's, what's the matter? And her tooth had been knocked out. He had broke her jaw and there was so much dysfunction early on. And so I had only met my biological father one time. And I remember sitting on his lap. He had to sneak and come into our house when my stepdad was at work. And I remember him sitting me on my lap. And I know he called me Sandra Lee, but I don't remember his voice. I don't remember much about him, but I knew that he loved me. And that was the only time I seen him. And then he was whisked off. And my, so the, the, the man that raised me was, a, was my stepfather and he was an raging alcoholic narcissist. He would flip tables after my mom would put the food down. I mean, it was just really, really bad. But I remember when my grandmother, thank God for the grandmas. Come on, you're coming to church. You don't get a say, uh-uh. You're, you're in my house. Let's go. We're coming to church. And I thank God for my grandmother because I can remember just as a little girl standing in the pew. And I remember lifting my hands and the love of the father just filled me. And on the inside, I could feel this fire. I could feel this joy. I didn't know that it was the Holy Spirit that had came in at such a young age, but I knew every time I prayed, every time that I called out to God and would lift my hands, I would feel this fire and this joy bubbling. It was the prophetic. It was the Holy Spirit. And God had made himself known to me personally all by himself. And I knew at a young age that I had belonged to him. And I remember my mom would take us to the Nazarene church But let me tell you, it's so important for you to bring your children, your grandchildren, bring them to the house of God. Let them experience the anointing and the presence of the Lord. But what's even more better that before you even come to church, oh, we're going to have church here. Come Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. Let them feel the presence and the power of God even in your home. Jesus answered and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. God is our father. So if he's our father, then that means we are his daughters and we are his sons. Amen. So we're not here by accident. We are sons and we are, we are daughters. We come from a royal priesthood. Heaven is not just a, a place. We can't confine God to, well, he's in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Uh, you are, thou art in heaven. We can't contain him because he's God all by himself. You can take the worst marriage and then you bring God in that marriage. It'll be heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. So 
Even though God is in heaven, David describes God as having no rival. He is subject to no power, to no other power. And he reigns supreme. God is our everything. And he says, God is, is my heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. So one day, one day God is saving a place for all of us believers to be with him. So even though God is in heaven, he's not distant from us. Many times we think, well, I can't feel God. So I think that he must not love me, that, that I feel so far from him. I just don't feel him. And yes, sometimes we do need to feel that manifestation that we are not alone. But can I tell you that even on the days that you may feel like God is so far away from you that you can't feel him, that you're wondering, does he ever see you? Does he hear you? I can tell you when you open up this word, he will verify, yes, I see you, my daughter. Yes, I hear you, my son. I am close to the brokenhearted and I hear and see you. You, my daughter Mallory is over there. Do you think ever one time if she would cry out and say, Mom, I need you, Mom. Do you hear me crying? I would say, oh, yes, I do. Like if she was everyone, like if I got 10 women up here, I would immediately recognize Mallory's voice. Why? Because that's my daughter. I gave birth to her. We're DNA. We're family. And that's just the way it is with our Heavenly Father. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you stand before the Father, He doesn't see you. He sees the blood of His Son. And we cry out, Abba, Father, Papa, I need you. And He comes running to us us. So there could be 10 women standing up here. But if we all have received Jesus Christ as our Savior, he knows each and every one of us intricately and he knows what we need and he receives all of us. We are family. We may not be the same color. That's okay. We may not be from the same family. That's okay. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we are family. Come on, global. Can I get an amen? Hallowed be your name. Hallow means holy or sanctified. Listen, God's name is holy. And so when we reference who our father is, we can't help but to bow low. Have you ever been in a service or your children at home and you have the worship music on and all of a sudden you just see your children lift their hands? Nobody taught them that. Out of the mouth of babes, praise is perfected. He's God. He's holy. And even creation gives him praise and glory. He is to be revered and praised as the true God above all other gods. We say, God, I praise you. Your name is holy and our life reflects his holiness. So the more that we get close to the fire the more he begins to take us through a sanctification, a consecration. 
and we begin to decrease so he can increase. So that when we go out in our workplaces, all of a sudden people should say, ooh, there, she, there's something different about her. She don't talk like the rest of us. I don't see her gossiping. I see her when she has her break. She's got her Bible open. I see her always encouraging, always has a good word, always has a good attitude. I don't see her grumbling. I don't see her complaining. She's not talking about her husband. She's not talking about the co-workers. There's something good that I'm seeing in her. What is it? Oh, let me just tell you, you're seeing the holiness of God. You're seeing him taking that person through a place of sanctifying, consecration, where, where we build our altar and we say, God, I need to die. I want to die to my flesh and I need more of you. Empty me completely out because I don't want people to see me. I want them to only see and hear you. I want my life to make a difference. How about you? Come on, global. Whoo, I want my life. See, I am 62 years old. Yes. But you know what? I, I walk three miles. I jog three miles. I can run three miles. I'm lifting up my weights. I do about 100 of these leg pushes. But you know what? I got to stay healthy. Because I've got a lot of work to do with you young kids. I got to help you. So if you see anything good in me, I, it's not me. It is Jesus. And to him be glorified. We got work to do. Amen. And so thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is God's saying here, what is Jesus saying? It wasn't easy for him to go to the cross. And at Gethsemane, he said, God, if there's any way, can this cup please pass from me? This is the place that we say, God, I don't want to be selfless. I want to be selfless and I don't want to be selfish. God, this is the place that I want to completely yield and surrender to your will. I know I shouldn't be going to these places. I know I shouldn't be doing the things that I do. God, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give you that place now that I didn't trust you. That I, didn't, that I didn't see that you could help me. My eyes have seen and my ears have heard. And so now I'm going to give you that place in my life. Many times we do things because we feel rejected, because we feel abandoned, because we feel orphaned. But when God starts moving in our heart and he starts rearranging things and he starts speaking to us and we get more into his word, oh my goodness, all of a sudden we, we give God that place where the enemy had came in and tried to rob us. And we say, no, here's the truth. I'm not rejected. I'm not abandoned. I am loved by my father. Even on my worst day, he couldn't love me anymore. It's unconditional.
unconditional. So I receive him. And so I can bow low and I can surrender my will. And I can say, I'm going to do better with the help of the Holy Spirit. What breaks God's heart? Sin, violence, murder, molestation, rape, racism, trafficking, drugs, prodigals that are lost. And the father's saying at this place of consecration and sanctification, whom will I sin? Who will go? Who will be the, the mouthpiece, the mouthpiece for God? Will you go? Will you lay your agenda down and say, God, I'll go? See, we're wrestling with rulers, with authorities, with powers that govern this world of darkness. We're wrestling with demons and evil. But God is saying, I need a people that will walk in holiness, sanctification, consecration, and say, I'm willing to lay my will down for you, God. I'm willing to go in that secret place and begin to pray like I've never prayed before. God save my family. God save America. God do what only you can do. Because we're dealing with evil and the times are getting darker and darker. And we need to go into spiritual warfare and take back what the enemy has stolen. We got to take it back. So we have to open up our mouth. Oh, give us this day, our daily bread. So here Jesus is saying, hey, it's okay. Ask for help. He is our provider. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So the Father is, the Father is teaching us that Jesus, he's our daily bread. So everything that we need in that day, he's provided, not only physically, but spiritually. So this is what it looks like. Before my feet ever touch the ground, when I get up in the morning and I'm laying there in the bed, my husband may not hear me say this. Sometimes he does, but he may not always hear it. But I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come I need you. I need you, Holy Spirit, to speak to me. I need you to give me understanding. I need you to lead and guide me by your truth today. Come. You are welcome here. So what am I doing? I'm sowing to the Spirit. But if I wake up and I don't say that, then all of a sudden I get out of the bed. Oh, I hurt my toe. Oh, geez. I can only imagine this, what kind of day this is going to be. Yeah, I'm already late for work. Didn't even pack my lunch. Oh, you know what? Didn't just get out of the way. I've got to go. I'm going to be late. Now, how am I going to have victory? But if I get up in the morning and I already purpose, whoo, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're going to get me through this day. You are my daily bread. You're going to lead and guide me. I'm going to sow to the Spirit. And then I begin to 
put my worship music on. Maybe sometimes I don't even need it. Come on, Holy Spirit, let's do this. I begin to refocus my mind, renew my mind on the word. What's happening? I'm sowing to the spirit. And now when I pack my lunch and I leave for the war, for my job, guess what? The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to bless you in all that you need today. Why? Because you put Jesus first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. Well, what other things that you need? That you need? That all the way in the back, you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. All the things that you need. He said, I'm going to supply when you put him first. So I want you to say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come. I need you. Yes. And every time you open up your word, ooh, Holy Spirit, I can't even think about trying to articulate or understand this word without you. You're my teacher. Come. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if you forgive other people, according to Matthew, when they sin against you, then your heavenly father will also forgive you. Oh, isn't that easy? No. Mm -mm. Matthew also says, lay your gift at the altar and first go and be reconciled to them. One time I heard a teaching from our first lady, Pastor Julie. She said, somebody has to be the redeemer. Well, Pastor Julie, what are you talking about? You lay your gift. Well, psh, you know that SMA. Psh. Well, they should be saying they're sorry to me. I didn't even do nothing. They're the ones that was wrong. And maybe, maybe that's true. But when you come before the Father and you leave your gift at the altar and then you go. Could you find it in your heart to forgive me? What? All of a sudden, his holiness comes through. All of a sudden, that sanctification, that time that I was on my face before the Lord, consecration. All of a sudden, what? Well, well really, I, I need to ask you to forgive me. And then all of a sudden, reconciliation comes. Now, I understand that sometimes that's not always possible to reconcile with someone. You know, sometimes people have been molested. They've been raped. But you allow the Holy Spirit to help you to release that to him. Because one thing that I see a common denominator when I'm doing deliverance every Wednesday on Zoom is I will ask each person, do you have any unforgiveness in your heart? And they will say, yes, I do. You know, witchcraft, of course, all these other things. And you'd be surprised how many people right now, mm -hmm, I'm just looking at a lot of people global. I see you. And you haven't yet surrendered that unforgiveness because what happens is unforgiveness turns into bitterness and anger and rage and murder and violence and hatred, resentment and temper. 
And Jesus has called us to forgive 70 times 70. That means keep your heart full, clean of offense. Just keep it. I'm not going to be offended. Mm -mm. I'm not on that level. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm not on that level. Excuse me, sir. I'm not going to be offended. I bless you in Jesus' name. Today, I am not on that level. You know why? Because I went through a sanctification. I went through a period of being consecrated to the Lord. I said I want my flesh and everything about me to die so that when I get up, that I say, Holy Spirit, I only want you to be seen. I only want you to be heard. God isn't concerned about our comfort. He's more concerned about our character. What does your character look like? It's time that we forgive. If we want to be forgiven and it's saying, God, I'm not to judge no more. I'm going to release that person. I'm going to release them to you. I'm not to judge. And when I see that person, you know how I'm going to know that I have forgiven him? I could give him a hug. It is well with my soul. My heart is clean. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Again, we're asking for help. We need discernment. We need discernment to keep us from evil. We need leaders rising up in the church. You know how you escape from a temptation? Pastor Mike's going to love this one. Grow track. Complete all four videos to grow track. Join the dream team. Join the many connect groups that we have. Volunteer at V1 Kids. You want to preach and prophesy? There you go. And when you surround yourself with many, many leaders that are in here, you are who you hang with. Stop hanging around with that crowd. Consecrate yourself. Say, God, I'm going to do things your way. I'm going to lay my will down. I'm not going to hang with these homies no more. And then for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Oh, it's always been about you, God. And it's always going to be about you, God. And you are the alpha. And you are the omega. You're the first. And you're the last. And beside you, there is none other. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, I'm opening up this altar. Do you know that Jesus has your name tattooed on his hand? He could never, ever, ever in a million years forget about you or not see you or not hear you. Never. Come here, Mallory, real quick. Come here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So what would it look like? Mallory, this floor is a little dirty. It's... It's just a little dirty. We've been walking on it. I don't know what I have on the bottom of these converse. But what would it look like? Mallory, would you be willing to lay your will down and just bow before the master? Ooh, what would it look like? 
Oh, you want to know how to defeat pride, how to defeat rebellion, how to defeat stubbornness and every temptation that you may be experiencing, fornication, adultery. I don't know. You put in the blank right here. God, I humble myself. I take myself off the throne. God, I want to yield. Come on, Global. Do you see this? If we did this as an act of worship every single day, God, I'm laying my right to be right down. I'm right, but I'm going to lay it down. Because sometimes we're right, but we're not right. I'm going to lay my will down before you. I'm going to yield and surrender. I'm going to allow you to take me to a place of consecration. A place of surrender and sanctification. That everything that's in my life, you prune it. You prune it out of me. I don't want to know more. I want to be more like you. I want to lead my family to you, Jesus. I don't want to get the last word anymore. I want to humble myself. So this altar is open. Come.